Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast initiative from Cyber Mentor, where we have open, honest conversations about identity, gender, diversity, and inclusion in STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Our episodes are recorded on Treaty 7 land. I'm Allie. I'm Hannah. And I'm Holly. And we are your hosts. Please be sure to keep all your limbs inside the vehicle because we are going full steam ahead. Welcome to a STEAM Dream Team episode. Today's episode, we're bringing you the first part of a two-part conversation with our engineering undergrads from the Schulich School of Engineering at the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Check out our previous episode to meet our STEAM Dream Team and get to know them a little bit better. Our conversation today is about exploring their experiences as female students in engineering. As we talked about in our Spill the Steam episode about gender in STEAM, we know that only 19.4% of all engineering students in Canada identify as women. So let's hear from our STEAM Dream Team, Manpreet, Stephanie, Anne-Marie, Caroline, Jasmine, and Shaliza about their experiences as young women in engineering. So today we're going to try a little bit of a different style. If you saw our last episode, we had each of these incredible women introduce themselves. And if you haven't watched that yet, please check it out. We'll have the links somewhere uh, to, to get to know these women a little bit better and hear a little bit more about their stories. But today we're just going to open it up in conversation. And my main question for everyone today is like, what is it like being a woman in STEM or STEAM? What's it, what's it like being like part of the 19.4% in engineering and, and what brought you there and, and what are your experiences? So whoever wants to start us off, I'd love to, love to hear from you. I can take a stab at this maybe. Um, in high school, I went to an all-girls school. So needless to say a very unique uh environment and so coming to university was i guess different in that i wasn't just going to school with females and i think the one positive that i've seen through engineering is the fact that the test taking and the exams are very quantitative so you know there's no label on my test saying manpreet's a female so that has i guess kind of been a piece of solace that i've been positively um i guess excited about um, because I think this is a bit more objective than some of the other aspects to engineering, like the social aspects, such as, you know, lab assignments or group work. I think tests for me have been a place where some of that bias is not really present. So that's the one positive thing. But I do have to say, I think my experience working with peers and group mates and various aspects of, you know, the labs or uh, other projects has been you have to work extra hard to earn their respect. And I think it oftentimes people don't even realize that they have this unconscious bias but you have to defend your ideas you have to you know have your idea be foolproof before you kind of pitch it otherwise it'll get picked apart more than perhaps your male peers and that's something i found and i think that relates to sometimes needing to or feeling like you have to be a perfectionist it comes from a place of you know i guess there is validity to it because you know, you have, you feel as though your idea has to be, you know, perfect when you pitch it, because as a female, you feel like, you know, you're going to get picked apart for what you say. You have to defend what you say. And I think that's something that I noticed in some groups that I've been a part. And I think 
it's about defining what those unconscious barriers and that bias is because honestly in the school environment I haven't faced direct discrimination for you know being a female or being a female of color but it's those unconscious pieces of what people are thinking and they might not know that they're thinking or they might not you know know how they're coming across so I think that's been kind of a a large part of that and then the one other anecdote I guess I have is lab groups and group assignments I don't know if all of you have felt this but I often somehow get signed up to take the data down or be the you know the communicator or someone who you know has the best handwriting but my handwriting is by no means neat or pretty but you know you fall into these categories where you get labeled as oh you can do the data collection but maybe the quantitative analysis might be reserved for someone else in the group so once again you know you have to kind of fight and defend yourself and show that no yes i actually can do this i have skills and please see them you know i think that's type of unconscious bias that is there is very real in a lot of areas. Those are great points. So having to, having to work extra hard um, to be able to prove yourself as not just an engineer, because you're, you're an engineer, you're an engineering student, but having to also work extra hard to prove that, that you sort of like belong there and, and have good ideas. Can anyone else relate to this? Has anyone else had similar experiences of having to be the the note taker or the secretary of the group or uh, or having to prove themselves and and be even better than than good as a as a woman in the group yeah definitely i really wanted to touch on that um i can i guess i can start with i went to a high school that very much pushed like academic success so i never felt out of place at my high school uh, I was in an AP physics class that had two girls, me included, and two guys. So it was 50-50 from there. So entering into STEM um, at a university level, I was like, okay, like, it can't be that bad. Like, I've seen a lot of uh, women excel thus far. And quickly, I realized that I was so much harder on myself being a woman in class and not getting things then I saw my male counterparts being um, as hard on themselves. And it was because like, as Manpreet said, you end up thinking, oh, I need to be super, like super good at things. I need to be excellent. I need to be perfect in order to be listened to. And on the contrary for me, I'm a very artistic person. So I like taking on those aspects of things, like my handwriting is nice. I like making things pretty. And I found that I had to tone that back in some ways because I can't be too girly. I can't talk about my interests. I like makeup and I like doing hair. I like, you know, going shopping. Like I felt I had to be extra masculine and I felt I had to tone back my actual personality um, to the point where I would like decline taking on those art um, or those like design aspects because I didn't want to be pigeonholed into that aspect. And I feel like that's something that um, a lot of uh, women in STEM don't talk about is when you're more masculine, you're more accepted. When you have those quote unquote masculine um, interests, like, oh, I like working on my car or I like, you know, tinkering with this stuff, then you're more accepted. But when you are more quote unquote feminine, that's like, you're, you're not gonna have anyone to talk to because you find that the women that are excelling tend to be the ones that have the more masculine interests. So 
I, I really had a hard time finding my place. Um, even in the academia part, like in industry was a whole nother subject I can get to later, but just at school, I found that I had to be someone I wasn't. And I found when I was struggling, I didn't want to talk about it because I had to be that person that was like, oh, I'm perfect. I'm good. Um, because then I'm letting down an entire, you know, generation of women coming in. So it's being okay with failure and making sure you're not labeling yourself as a woman that failed and just, hey, I hit a bump, you know, it's uh, not something that defines you and not something that defines women to come. That is so beautifully said. I actually just got like a little, a little teary. <laughs> Thank you for sharing Stephanie. That's, that's really beautiful. Can anyone else really, or does anyone have a different experience? Does anyone have a similar experience where be having to hide parts of like your feminine self to fit in that you'd like to talk about? Or are you like more interested in the masculine things um, and have like a different experience to share? Sure. I mean, I personally, I guess I don't fit into many of the feminine boxes and as far as my interests go, but, uh, and I mean, my penmanship makes everyone sick as soon as they see it. Most young boys have better handwriting than I do, but, um, so I didn't have to deal with that too much. But definitely I noticed that you do get accepted in a lot better if you do share those interests as many of the guys and you kind of become one of the guys when that happens. So I know in my main friend group in engineering who like I met straight off the bat and we've been close ever since, uh, it's definitely primarily guys, but the girls, it makes us bond even more about the shared interests that we have that we don't share with the guys. So as much as we love all spending time together and going out to get together and doing all that, we make sure to put time aside uh, for girls' night once a month, and we we focus on that a little bit. We need a testosterone break, as we call it. And at the same time, you know, I, I share some of their interests in the way that I'm kind of a beast at ping pong, and that's a bit a bit of a big part of Shulik culture. So um, that was a lot a, like a lot of fun getting to bond with uh, a lot of the new guys that way, and even participating in a tournament in my first year. And the first guy I played against, I think I I beat him, and then he he cried. He sat down on the floor, put his hand his face in his hands, and he cried. And his friends told me he's like this. They're like this is the best thing you've ever done. You've calmed his ego. And I feel like that was a common thing that we've seen in, in engineering is definitely something similar to what Stephanie said, which is a lot of women, whenever we don't perform as well as we want to in class, we kind of blame ourselves and we think about how much we're letting down other women and, um, you know, how special our place is in engineering and how we need to live up to that. But on the other hand, we see a lot of our male counterparts when they don't perform as well, they rather blame external factors. The test was hard. The professor is grading unfairly or, you know, uh, whatever. I just, I didn't have time to study enough, but it's never because I'm not smart enough or I don't belong here, which is more the narrative that we hear from our female friends and ourselves. But yeah, so you kind of have to be proactive about that internal monologue that you have and making your narrative that you belong there, that is your place and you are at least as worthy of being there as everyone else. And if you have that as a consistent part of your mindset and your perspective, not much can stop you. 
Just to build off um, what Caroline just said, um, I, th I think that like internalization of those expectations started, you know, even younger for myself. Um, thinking back to my time in high school, I was always labeled as, you know, one of the girls who was into engineering and math and excelled in them to the point that I actually retook physics 20 for no other reason than I wanted to show everybody that I could get like the best grade in it. Um, I, I had a rough time the first go around in physics 20, not necessarily because I didn't understand the content, but a lot of it had to do with like the class dynamic and the teacher. Um, but I retook it in summer school just because I felt like my grade wasn't to the expectation that everybody had of me. And the second time around, you know, I got 99%. But at the end of the day, I don't think that was really necessary for me to do that class a second time just to show people that I could get a near perfect score in physics 20, but that internalized pressure of, you know, I'm a woman who is, you know, passionate about these science and math classes and I want to show everybody that I can be as good or the best in it um, and putting those pressures on myself because of the external expectations placed on me. I guess I'll add on. Um, so one thing for me is like first year was quite difficult in terms of me transferring to UFC after leaving Waterloo. And I had a lot of people say, oh, why did you leave? You know, what happened? Um, and asking a lot of questions. But one of the biggest things that I had in first year was I actually was friends with a, a lot of males. Um, and it actually, it was a fun time. I learned about video games um, and different kinds of things that they liked. And obviously I like makeup. I like a lot of girly things, but it didn't really make me feel out of place. But I think one of the biggest things about first year versus the friends aspect was more so um, feeling like I was smart enough. I always felt like I don't know why, but there was this um, aura that people felt that, you know, a lot of the male students were smarter than the females. And I kind of got that based on even asking questions in class. You would see a lot of the male students asking questions in class versus a lot of the male, female students kept kind of quiet. And that was definitely me in first year. Uh, but one thing that really helped me with that was I would go to professors office hours. Uh, in my free time, I would say, hey, I was just wondering this question, um, how to do this concept. And then I started showing my friends like how to do those concepts. And it not only helped build my confidence, but it also helped my students do well in class as well. Um, and so that was something that really worked. But one of the things I know that really helps with my confidence as well is when I was sitting in those lectures, sometimes the professor would be like, oh, I remember when Shaliza asked me that question and that made me feel really good because when I was in a group of like 300 students and the professor knew my name, it just showed that I really cared about my education and I wanted to progress as an engineer and really care about the content. So I think over the years, especially when I got to my third and fourth year, knowing the professors was something that honestly came dear to heart because it showed that I really cared and it also helped me get a good friend group going. I got a lot of amazing friends that were mentors that helped me with my studies, um, but that also are gonna be my friends in the future. So I think that's something great. And I do think that um, Shulik at least did a really good job with the female to male ratio. And I, I never really felt put down necessarily, but I definitely think that it was hard at first to come out of my comfort zone, but those little, step, um, those little steps really definitely helped me become the female engineer that I am today. Nice. So um, I'm learning a lot like you guys, um, a lot of the viewers out here. I'm 
pretty much the rookie of this group of amazing uh, women in STEM. Um, so I kind of like to speak to my first year experience, um, the tips and tricks that I kind of gained right off the bat day one, day two, uh, on how you can really set yourself apart um, you know, it is, there's the ratios, 20%, uh, 30% that people like to talk about. Um, but really looking past the, the percentage of women in STEM, it's who you surround yourself with. Um, for me in my first year, I gravitated day two, day one, right off the bat with our orientation. Um, when Shula got together, the girls you'll find, um, well, in my opinion, being very social as I am, I collaborated with a group of four girls and I've stuck with them um, since. Doing that for me was such, um, I'm so thankful for having those girls and having a solid group um, just to rely on because, um, you know, you find yourself looking around and yeah, your lectures are full of guys, but at the, at the end of the day, having those, you know, those people to come to, um, whether they're girls, whether they're guys, I found that having those solid group of girls um, really gave me a backbone to, to talk about, especially when you feel insecure about how your exams went or you feel insecure about the courses you've, you, um, you know, maybe didn't do so well. Having those girls and having those outlets that you can really speak to, um, I found that relieved a lot of pressure for me. I came out of high school just like Holly, wanting to prove myself. In fact, I did the exact same thing and I retook Math 30 just to show um, that I was able to, you know, beat myself, be better than um, I had previously was. So, you know, coming out of high school, trying to prove myself, it really, uh, my first year of engineering kind of told me or allowed me to experience, you know what, it's okay to settle, it's okay to, um, you know, admit your faults, because in the end of the day, that makes you stronger, whether people see it or whether you don't whether it takes some time to see those sort of things, um, because being able to recognize your mistakes is, is by far the best thing to do in order to fix those things. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of you sharing. I think, I think everybody, oh no, Jasmine, I haven't heard from you yet. I'm sorry. That's okay. You... I, I can tell you, I can give you a little bit about what my first year, my journey was like, if you want real quick. Um, when I came in, I was definitely like, um, I was used to like everyone else, you know, getting amazing grades in high school. And then I got like less amazing grades in first year. Like I was always like around class average. It was all good. But I like would be really open about when I didn't do well. I'd be like, oh man, I got a 60. And I always found like the difference between a lot of the girls and a lot of the guys, not always, but sometimes like if the guys got a bad grade, they would never tell me they got a bad grade. They would like only tell me if they ever got a good grade. And I'd just be sitting there like, oh my God, my friend in that one class last year got in a hundred and I got a 60 on this one thing. Clearly I, I'm dumb. And then I'd find out like a year later that guy like failed the class. And I thought I was so much dumber than him, but in reality, like I got way better. Like I just didn't realize. So I think sometimes for me, I would like be really open and be like, oh, like this specific one thing didn't go well and like really focus on that one specific thing and like get too caught up in that. And I think a lot of um, like the female engineering students I know have a tendency more towards that 
than the men, which might just kind of be like, oh, it's all right. Like, you know, I got one thing wrong or I got unlucky. It's fine. So for me, I had to kind of like, kind of learn to like get past that and not take it so hard. And also realize that a lot of the guys, they really like put on like this really big face, like, oh, we're so strong and we're so smart and we're the best. And like, you can't, like, they, they just were a lot like more self-assured and confident than I was. So that was something I kind of had to figure out with time. And then also just like in labs, like I would always like be like a little bit insecure and like, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll take the notes. All right. Cause almost like that's what everyone in your lab group kind of expects the girl to do. And that's also what you feel more comfortable doing, or at least what I felt more comfortable doing. So it's easy to slip into that. But like the way I got like better and more confident was to like start pushing myself outside my comfort zone. Like, like I think other people said, like you want to be perfect. So you only, before I would like only volunteer to, to do a question if like in that moment, I totally knew how to do it and I could just do it. And the reality is a lot of the time in engineering, that's not the case. And you have to like, take this challenge and like go home and study it and like read a book or google it or ask a prof or like consult your friends to figure it out and like just not getting intimidated when you see the problems hard and backing down like kind of like building up that like confidence and resilience to be like yeah I'll do it I can figure it out even if it's hard and that takes time like for me I feel like in first and second year I wasn't good at that at all so it just takes time to get up there. I just wanted to kind of build on that and like kind of what based on what you're all kind of sharing about, you know, the perfectionism and confidence in STEM. Um, so I'm involved with a lot of our recruitment and outreach. So I work with girls in junior high and high school, um, getting them exposed to um, STEM workshops and careers in STEM. And so something I've really noticed is um, at one of our yearly events, Women in Engineering Day, we always host a design challenge. Um, and it's, it's a really cool opportunity to see um, how all the students behave and every year it's pretty similar. So um, I find most of the girls, um, they're kind of, they're a bit slower to get into it. And um, they really like to think and plan and design and then they want to build what they think will be the most successful. Whereas when I've seen the same workshop, um, done with both boys and girls, um, the boys will kind of just jump right into it and start building right away. They don't really mind if it fails and they have to adjust it. So I, um, that's why I think events that were, were just exposing girls to STEM really important um, because if, if they're with the boys who are just gonna dive into it, then the girls suddenly are you know, off on the side um, because they just don't have the time to think it through. Um, so, so many times we get feedback from parents asking, why don't we have these opportunities for boys? And well, I do think it's really important that uh, that boys and girls students learn how to work together effectively. I also think having these outreach events to inspire girls in STEM are so important because I do think it provides that confidence piece. Um, so girls are able to kind of be at the forefront of the designs and experimenting and having fun. Awesome. Thank you all for sharing and answering my first question about just sort of exploring like what are some of the experiences or the common experiences that you've had in being a woman in STEM. And I think what I really like about what you've all said is that some of you have contradicted each other, which I think is so great because I think what uh, when we see these statistics like 19.4% of all students or women in engineering or whatever, we start to think of 
uh, all female students as the same or all women in STEM are the same. And I think what we're trying to do here is open up a conversation to show like there are some like commonalities between our between different experiences and our experiences. Um, but also some of like we also have unique experiences where some of us um, get asked to write because we're a woman or whatever and we have the worst handwriting or we actually really enjoy that part of it because we have more of an artistic side and and want to do that or some of us um enjoy spending more spending our time doing more masculine things whereas some of us enjoy more doing more feminine things and these are air quotes around all of these all of these things um but i think that that's really wonderful too to share is that uh, like having a similarity and a common goal doesn't necessarily mean that we're all going to to go at it at the same way but if we support each other then we can all come at it like we can i don't know something insert inspirational quote here Thank you so much for listening to the fourth episode of Full Steam Ahead. If you enjoy our conversations, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message or like or follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We are at CyberMentor, that's C-Y-B-E-R-M-E-N-T-O-R. Or you can check out our website at CyberMentor.ca. Be sure to tune in for the second half of our conversation with our engineering undergrads when we talk about intersectionality and the ways that their diverse identities have impacted their experiences as engineers. Be sure to stay on board because we are still going full steam ahead. We'll see you next time.